All right, what's going on? Jason Day here. Welcome to Blissful Prospecting. Uh, in this podcast, uh, we focus all about how to turn complete strangers into paying customers. I'm super excited for our guest today. We're talking to Melissa Gaglione. She's an AE at Live Person, and we're going to dig into a few things that should be pretty fun. Uh, one, how she went from an on-air news report uh, into a sales professional and her journey from an SDR to now an AE. And then we're going to dig into some of her routines, habits. We're going to talk video prospecting, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Melissa, super excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm super excited. Nice, nice to be on the podcast. Really excited to dive into these topics. Yeah, so tell me like your story, I mean, it's such an, like you were a teacher first is what yeah. I saw on LinkedIn. And then you got into like being a news reporter and then you get into sales. Like I have to like unpack that a little bit. How does, how does someone like you in that profession get into, you know, being an SDR? And all of those things, um, I bet on myself and I have this idea. And if I really want to go for it, then I go for it. I set short-term yeah. goals, long-term goals, um, but you know, everything that I've done, I'm very proud of all the choices that I've made from going to elementary school teacher, to on-air news reporter, to SDR, to AE in, you know, all in my twenties. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, it's been an interesting journey, especially for my family to watch. They've been nervous many times as I kept changing careers. However, it just takes, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to figure out where you belong. So I definitely belong here and in this role and in this industry. Did you ever have any kind of sunk cost fallacy or anything like that where you're like, I went to school to become a teacher? And I spent all this time doing it. Like I've done it up to this point. I might as well, you know, keep with it. Did you have any of that kind of stuff going on? Was it hard, I guess, to switch careers a couple of times? It was hard. I mean, Jason, I got my master's. <laughs> I got my master's yeah. in education. And um it it's it's really hard to leave the teaching world. It's it's really painful, actually. Um, because you feel like you're letting down so many people. However, for me, it, it wasn't, it wasn't where I belonged. And I thought that I did, you know, I love kids. I'm great. I'm a great teacher. I was really great. Um, but I just wanted more. And so that was when I decided like, okay, if I'm going to change this career that I have this master's degree for that I'm still playing off, um, then I got to do something that I really am passionate about. I'm not just going to leave and do something that I don't care about. I want to do something radical, something that I wanted, that I really wanted. And I always wanted to be a journalist. So I went back to school while teaching full time. Um, I was always in school while teaching. I went back to school while teaching full time and then studied journalism. And when it was time for me to go off to be a journalist, I got paid throughout the summer for my teaching, right? So I had two months to go find a job. And I had all these, uh, I had to create a demo reel and I didn't have much time. So I went from 
like story to story. So different sites, like I went to the Cracker Barrel, then I went to, to tell a story, then I went to the Riverwalk, then I went to all these different places and I had like six shirts in my car and I would just change my shirt and then tell the story. And then I had my own like demo by the end. So it looked yeah. like I was doing this for many, many months or many years but I just needed something to show that I could do this job and that I could actually report. So um, time was of the essence, but I bet it on myself and I got a job within those two months and I was off to Texas. <laughs> so how do you end up getting into sales from there? What happens with the news reporter job that, uh, did you not like the job or what, what happened? <laughs> news reporting is an amazing job. However, uh, you just don't get paid. <laughs> and, I was going to ask you about money. I was going to ask you about the money part of this too, getting into sales. Is that is that part of the motivation too, to be like, hey, there's like, I can make an impact and also get maybe get paid better than, yeah, than you know, a teacher. I, or, <laughs> I didn't know that money was going to be something that I cared about until I was paycheck to paycheck, living in a roach infested apartment. It was so disgusting. Yeah. This apartment was terrible. The people in my hallway, they would have like rap battles. Uh, so, and I don't know why they would yeah. rip off the shirts and like do these rap battles in the middle of the hallway. And um, I just was like, this is not the lifestyle that I want. I'm still working 13, 14 hours a day, working these crazy hours. And if there's a story, if there's a fire, I'm sleeping in my car and I'm, I'm telling that story all night. So even though it's something that I really wanted and it was right, tried it, but it didn't fit into the lifestyle that I wanted for myself. So when it came and I, I decided, okay, you know what? I need to leave this. It's, it's hurting, it's helping me. And that's how I make many of my decisions. I, I think, okay, is this helping me or is this hurting me? And if it's hurting me, then I need to make a change. And if it's helping me, then maybe I should, you know, add more to it. And so at that moment, and honestly, throughout, throughout that it was really hurting me not just my bank you know account but me mentally it was just it just wasn't what i thought it was going to be and so i ended up finding this at at this events company and i applied to be a producer because i can produce a newscast right so i can produce an event like that's not too hard and uh, they didn't give me the job and they threw me in the sales department. And from then on, I started to realize, wow, I can, I can work as hard as I've been working and I can get paid for working this hard. And I was so used to almost working for free for so many years. And it was so exciting to quota and to have that and to have that competitive nature of mine come out. And I really fell in love with, you know, winning and learning and, um, you know, doing this. And what's so amazing is that when I came to live person, that's when I really started to explore video prospecting. And that's when I started, you know, creating videos and video prospecting like a journalist. And that's how I got my crazy open rates and replies because I put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that connection because I mean, so you get 80% reply rates to the videos that you send let's let's unpack that which is i saw that i was like that's freaking crazy you know yeah. um let's talk about before you even sent the video 
some of the kind of logistical things, like, can you share maybe like what kind of tools you use? Is there anything you do to make sure that the video doesn't go to the spam folder? You know, do you, is it sent in an email versus LinkedIn? Can you kind of start maybe before you even record a video? What are kind of the logistics typically of how you send them out and and when you send them out, what tools you use, that sort of thing? Yes. So my personal favorite way to send a video is that we are connected on LinkedIn and I can send you a raw clip. So you don't have to click it and go to another website. We are already friends. You know, maybe I've already engaged with some of your posts. It's not directly after we've connected. You know, I'm not, I'm not jumping on them immediately. I wait for that connection request to come in. And I, that's when I kind of start to build my story and what I'm gonna send to them. However, if they don't accept my LinkedIn and LinkedIn is not their channel of choice, then let me look at email. And so I'll go and you might not want to send your first email with the Vidyard link because it might not go through. Um, and I never want to waste my time either. So I always send a regular first email, right? A regular normal first email and maybe the follow up once it's through and I know it's in their inbox or maybe they're looking at it. There's some sort of engagement. Again, I'm not going to make a for someone who's not going to watch it. I need to find their channel. So if they're looking at my emails and I see that on outreach, I see that they're looking at it, then okay, they deserve a video. They've earned my time. That's what I call it. This prospect has earned my time because there's some sort of interest here. So I'm not, the reason why my, my rate is so high is because I'm not sending it to the people who aren't gonna watch it. I'm sending it to people who, you know, they, they've exemplified that this is their channel of choice. Maybe they're super active on LinkedIn. Maybe they've been looking at all of my emails, um, things like that. And I'll choose and send it both. If one of it doesn't respond or whatever, um, in email, I like to send a recap. Hey, saw you didn't get the chance to watch this video. And I'll kind of put some of the points and I'll add the video still on the bottom. But so that way they still have the opportunity to watch it and they can kind of get the gist of what I wanted to share with them. Um, but that video has to be short. It can't be too long. I try to keep it at 90 seconds. And if it's too long and if they see like four minutes at the bottom or something like that, they're not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to backtrack. There's a few things you mentioned, I think, that are super important with video. So you try to send it through LinkedIn first. And my guess is that because the deliverability is going to be higher yes. on LinkedIn, there's a much higher. Okay. What do you send in the connection request? Um, it depends. Sometimes I'll get creative and I'll do, and I'll look to see like what's on their, their LinkedIn and say, you know, I like this or like author as well, kind of add that in the connection request or I don't add one. Um, or my favorite is whenever we have an event, I use that opportunity to add everyone on LinkedIn, everyone in all my accounts, you know, I want to make sure that they're added. And I'll say like, hey, connecting to invite you to a, you know, Michelin chef dinner or something like that, or connecting to invite you to this, this event or something. I noticed when I was selling events that my connection rate was a lot higher than when I was going in cold as an SDR. And I was like, um, you know, looking forward to connecting and they see SDR or account executive, yeah. but if you're giving them something upfront, like yeah. an event, then they're more likely to say yes. So whenever there's an event and we have one coming up, I went into all my accounts and I was just sending connection requests. 
whether they could come or not in state out of state i don't care i wanted to give them an option or something or maybe it's a webinar or something so ideally in the connection request i want to give them something interesting so and that could be virtual events too mm -hmm. like you want you have you it's just something to invite them to that's a very different way of thinking about it so if you don't have if i'm understanding correctly if you don't have something to invite them to you leave it blank i wouldn't say leave it blank i i make linkedin lists so i'm already yeah. prospecting and if they're active on linkedin then i'll send them a request and i'll send them you know something more personalized but when it comes to okay we have events we have events monthly honestly we have so yeah. many events so whenever one is coming up i'll just make sure that everyone on that linkedin list is hit and if they denied me before, I'll send them one again. And this time it will be that that invite or something like that. So LinkedIn lists on SalesNav is wildly powerful. Um, you can share it with your SDR. So that way they can also see, right, who's connected with me. Did they connect with you, Melissa? Um, and if they connected with you, Melissa, can you send it? Or you know what, my SDR, can you send it? Because they're connected with you. But leveraging events as a connection request is, like my my favorite favorite thing yeah yeah it's it what it reminds me of is like being that friend that always has a party or some sort of social thing to invite your friends to people really like those people you know yeah. um so having something to invite people to we'll kind of maybe circle back to that thing because that yeah. i think is really big so and you also send a raw video you said so you don't want them to click outside of yeah linkedin the video so do you, will you record it within the app natively or do you embed a video or how do you how do you do that part okay so i will record a video and i'll do it on my phone i'll use a teleprompter app or if i really need to then i can um do it on vidyard let's say that it's not a raw clip and it's on vidyard but if it's really something that um i want them to see and if it's a raw clip and how, how do I want to say this? I really edit the videos. You know, I put graphics in there. Sometimes I add music oh, wow. if I want to pump them up. Like I get, I make some yeah. really fun, cool videos because I, that's what I used to do every day. So why not give them something entertaining? You know, I'm trying to show them something. I want them to be engaged. I don't want them to go, this girl just keeps talking. Like, ugh. like I want them to be engaged, right? Yeah. So when it comes to the video, there's two ways. You could do it on Vidyard, which is typically sent through email for me. But if we are connected, then I have my little ring light. I have a teleprompter app. Please use a teleprompter. What's and the app? It's just called teleprompter. Oh, teleprompter, okay. <laughs> it's like orange and black. Um, and I'll airdrop my script into my phone. I'll upload the script onto the teleprompter app, and it records it all for me. I'll set up my little ring light because you need nice lighting, of course, and I'll record the video. After I'm done recording it, again, it's it's a little dramatic, I know, but I'll put it on my computer. I'll add the graphics. Maybe I've built out some bots or maybe I have, you know, something that I want to show them that's interesting, um, anything like that, you know, and or like if there's like a snippet of like I saw this on Reddit and it's like a customer you know complaint or something then I'll put that in there and I want to make sure that the thumbnail itself literally as if it looks like I'm a YouTuber the thumbnail looks like you know those YouTube bloggers that like try to create that clickbait so I try to make that clickbait I say I put a little purse a little like a, a thought bubble that says like hi Jason 
and then I'll put, you know, maybe a picture of their website on the other side, um, and I'll, you know, put their logo or something, and I'll smile in it, and, um, you know, I want it to be clickbaity. I want them to click it. I want them to already see that, hey, this is specifically for you, um, so open it. And so once I edit it, make it all pretty, make it nice, um, I'll airdrop it back to my phone. And from my phone is where you can really plug in a raw clip. So from here, I'll go to my messages and then I'll just add video and I'll send. And that was actually how I booked meeting at live person was figuring wow. that out. <laughs> and you're doing like really pretty big enterprise stuff. Right, so yeah. these are like executives at some pretty big uh, companies, yeah? Yeah, I mean, everyone's sending them things, you know? Yeah. Everyone's going after the same people. Yeah. So why not make so it interesting? The, oh, totally. One of the things for someone that's listening to this and that doesn't have these video editing chops, the first thing I thought of was, it's so easy to hire a virtual assistant on like Upwork.com who could edit these YouTube video style videos for you too, if you don't have the type of chops maybe that you have. Um, this is interesting. I never really thought of it like that because like the thumbnail is everything. The thumbnail is everything. On a video yeah. and if it looks like a really professionally polished video with like something that's got some, you know their thing on it and it's not just this you know, nothing against the vidyard style videos. I mean, they, they still work, but it doesn't look nearly as professional or polished when you record a vidyard versus uploading stuff in the style that you're doing. Um, okay, you mentioned one other thing that I wanna ask you about, and then when I wanna get into like kind of what the video, like the content of the video. One other important detail you mentioned was if you're gonna send it through email, you don't usually include it in the first email. and I call it following the engagement, like looking for the hand raisers. So it sounds that's really intentional from you. It's like, I'm not gonna spend all this effort creating a video for someone that never opens a single email that I send them. Can exactly. you tell me more about how you kind of think about that to make sure that the extra effort that you put in is not just totally gonna be lost? Yeah, um, so I guess very similar to you, I call it earning my time and I used to tell people that when I was an SDR, like, oh, this C-suite executive didn't earn my time. Like, <laughs> they thought I was crazy. But it's true because if they're not going to look or read or open my emails, why am I going to spend 30 minutes building out this video for this one person? Like, that's a lot of time to commit for one person. You know, like, you could have made X amount of cold calls during those 30 minutes. So I need to make sure that this person's gonna watch it. So the connection request, right? That's already helpful. They've already connected with me. So now I can send them that raw clip, okay? We, they're on LinkedIn, you know, maybe they're active on LinkedIn. Definitely want them to be active on LinkedIn. Um, and then for Vidyard through you email- say, Sorry to interrupt you. When yeah. you say active, what are you looking for to see if they're active. Is it posting content? Is the is it just activity and like liking and commenting stuff? Oh, what are you yeah. looking for? Just activity. They don't need to post, but they could yeah. like some things. Um, and I mean, you can look at a LinkedIn and you know when people use LinkedIn or not. You know, if you go on their LinkedIn and just says vice president and like nothing, nothing. But if they have their interest on there, if they've uploaded their certificates, if they, you know, have these little goals, or if they actually filled out their bio, if they put time into their LinkedIn, then they're probably going to use it. And especially if they've accepted my connection request, maybe within like a week or so, then yeah, they're active on it. 
Okay. Keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we'll go ahead and um, let's say that I now email them, right? I'm not going to send, unless I'm like super desperate, then I'll send my first email with a video, but I really haven't done that maybe like once or twice and I don't think it worked. Um, but I want to, I want to do like almost like a test email, you know, like these are my four prospects that I could potentially make a video for, right? You know, I really like these four prospects. Let me send them all personalized email and let's see what happens. You know, John and Jerry are not reading my emails, but Nancy looked at it twice and she clicked the link or, you know, Nancy, you know, just saw it once, whatever those eyes are that's showing on outreach, you know, I want to see that they're actually looking. And again, that I found their channel of choice. This is their channel, email is their channel, they opened it. So now that I know one, my emails are getting through, they're going past their firewalls. Two, you know, she opened it. So now let's make something that's going to be really compelling to her. And it doesn't have to be the second email right away. It could be further down the sequence. Um, maybe the sequence is running and you notice that this person has been looking at it at each email, every single one that you've sent him, they look at it and sometimes they look at it twice. Oh my gosh, that person needs a video. They need it because they're looking at it and they're interested and they're just not acting upon it. So we need to give them that push, right? We need to push them yeah. to, to say yes. And how do we get people to do things? We tell them that we care right? We show them that it's worth their time. So we have to put in the effort and they'll meet us halfway. So if we go super hard, right? And we make this so they, they have to say yes, or just respond at that point, you know, you see the effort. And in my videos, I walk them through my process. I walk them through how I found them. Why them? Why now? I walk them through that story. I show the research behind it. I'm not just sitting there talking, like I, I show them and they feel very compelled to respond because they see the work that I put in. I mean, maybe that's what I think. I think that they see the work that I put in. I think that they see the value, whatever it is, they feel compelled to at least say yes, no, someone else, Melissa, you know, anything like that. And I've done this before where someone doesn't respond. I forgot where I saw this. I saw it on LinkedIn, I think. And um, if they don't respond, you can respond saying, was the video that bad? Oh, <laughs> Which cool. is like, I love that. Really rough. <laughs> like really self-deprecating when they're in a yeah, like, way. Like, was it that bad? No. And they're like, oh no, it, you're fine. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's, you have to kind of laugh at it. Like if you send it with like a GIF and it's like, you know, a funny GIF of like someone's eyes, like, like nervous or something, like you can make it funny, no. but I try to keep it very light and fun and funny and, you know, at least a little bit entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> That's not yeah, all what I said, but <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the video. So what, uh, how do you construct the video? What do you say in the video? How do you kind of like, what's the framework behind how you choose what to talk about in okay. the video? So, um, if I have an account, right, I am so people oriented, the account's great, right? But I need to find that one person that's going to say yes. You know, maybe there's more than one, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to find that that's going to say yes to me. And I don't know. I, I don't go straight to LinkedIn right away. I need to do some research. So starting off, I need to do my story prep, 
okay? What is the story? What is the angle that I need to tell? So it's time for us to go and research these accounts. So for example, I have these booleans, right? Booleans that you use on LinkedIn. Well, you could use them in Google as like a search engine. And so I have my saved booleans of, you know, chat, AI, messaging, uh, digital, uh, whatever those are. And I'll, in the search engine, I'll put the, the account name, like Chipotle, for example, and then I'll put in the Boolean and I'll just search and we'll see what comes up, what articles are coming up and I'll keep digging around and then all of a sudden I'll find something, you know, someone's trying to advance their, you know, digital landscape or, you know, something like that, something that I can find and I'll look to see who said it. Interviewed in this article, who said it? And I'll go and I'll find that and I'll say, wow, it's the SVP of customer service and her name is Jill Will or something. So from there I go, okay, this, this could be my person, right? This is what they yeah. said. This is what's making me think, okay, this is the person, this is my audience, right? This is who I want to make this video for. So now I'll go really hard and I'll look up that person and I'll try to look for other articles that maybe she had said, um, anything that I can find. Of course, I'm looking on LinkedIn. I'm trying to determine, should I connect with her? Should I uh, send her an email? Whatever it may be. And I put her or whoever this is on my perfect person list. I have a perfect person list. And each company, I try to find three to four perfect people. And I'll put them on my list and I'll send a request and I'll keep track of it. I track it all. So that way I could see like when someone accepts me, you know, how long has it been? Because I don't want to jump on them right away very attractive track everything um and so, so once real, real quick the uh so this is great i you go through it sounds like first and you look for people that are most likely to champion yes like what it is that you guys are talking about oh, yeah. and these but the boolean operators i think are really brilliant too so you already know because the way that i teach personalization our cold email excuse me is i start with the personalization like finding the hook you know, in finding the hook, a lot of that is like pattern recognition. And it sounds like you've already done this enough times that you know exactly what you're looking for. It's like company name, search term, company name, search term. You're looking for these things. It's not like you're just typing in the company at Google and just like randomly looking through their web. Like you're very intentional, it sounds like, with oh, what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And whatever words you want to add to it, you know, you, whatever words fit with your your business, whatever you're trying to sell. Um, it will populate, so yep. it will come up. It will show. It will. It will. It will find them. <laughs> so you, yeah, have, I try you to... this, have you seen this little trick too, where you can put in the website the domain, like blissfulprospecting.com, and you put a colon behind it, and you can put in a keyword. It'll actually help you Google search within the website. It's kind of oh. cool. Yeah, that might be something to try. I've been sharing that with a lot of people. Um, do you use Seeking Alpha or any, because you probably reach out to a decent number of publicly traded companies, I would imagine, right? Do you use anything to look through quarterly reports or what what, what kind of tools do you like to use? So I do have Crunchbase, um, but a lot of the companies that I'm going after are public, so it's not too, too hard to find. Um, that's really it. I really have Crunchbase and I use Google. I'm just, I'm, I'm a really good Googler. <laughs> yeah. So I'll try to find it, but I no, I don't I don't have that. I do have Crunchbase though, which is uh, it's, it's so kind of any any words of wisdom any words of wisdom for 10Ks or quarterly earnings calls or anything like that in terms of is it still looking for keywords like command F, just looking for those keywords? How do you recommend someone kind of navigate? 
yeah, I mean, of course, you're, you're looking yeah. for those. Um, you know, I really, if I can, and it's kind of weird, if I can find that who said something, and I know that that's kind of hard to find, but sometimes what they'll do is that they'll take their quarterlies and they'll put it in like a PowerPoint or something um, and they'll yeah. present it to other people. So I'll try to, and I've joined many, I would just sit there and like listen to these quarterly reviews and be like, this guy, John said this. And I'm like sitting there typing. And I'm like, I'm going to get him. Like, and so sometimes yeah. they'll put them in like a PowerPoint or something like that, or maybe they're pre-recorded. And I try to find the person who said something. Because honestly, like my goal is just to find words that came out of a prospect's mouth that is saying pretty much I could use some conversational AI, which is what I sell. <laughs> so I'm trying yeah. to look for like exact words, like some sort of quote, because a quote, especially for the prospect that you're reaching out to, like that's factual. You can't deny that you didn't say this. You said this in this article. You said that you needed this or that you were looking at this or that you were, you know, considering the advancements in this area. That's why I'm reaching out to you today. Cause you, you said it, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's almost this, um, you know, like this principle of consistency where the things that people say tend to be a reflection of their values mm -hmm. and what they care about. And when you talk about that stuff, it's, and you put that in front of a person, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance it creates for them if they don't act in alignment with that, you know? So if they're putting out there, they care about customer service or you know, customer experience or whatever, all this like, you know, kind of stuff and you reach out with that hook and that angle, you make it really hard to say no to you. You yeah. know, when you're, especially when you're using their words, you I'm know, kind of it becomes very hard to say no to. Yeah, I'm kind of holding them accountable. I'm kind of saying, you know, like you said oh, you were I gonna do that. this. And even yeah. if it's an article from like 2020, right? Say, hey, John, you know, I read this article in 2020, how you were looking at advancing your, you know, messaging. So I went on your website to check it out and I noticed you didn't have this. You didn't have any any messaging. Isn't that what you want to do? Like, I don't really say that. Like, is that <laughs> what you want to do? Like, but you know, I, I say yeah. like, I wanted to see how it went, even if the article was older. Yeah. You know, did they follow through with it? If not, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't choose the right vendor. Maybe they need to look at us. I love that. The accountability piece is really cool. So, okay. So first step number one of story prep is finding the three to four perfect people. What happens? What happens next? You're looking through all these like searches, all this kind of stuff. What happens next? So I find them through searches. I find them through Google. Okay. I find some sort of quote and what they say, and I need to understand that audience. So I find, you know, let's say I find someone in customer care. They're my audience. What do they care about? We know this. We have to align what we're saying to the persona. I'm not going to pitch, you know, conversion rates to customer care. And I'm not going to pitch, you know, lowering your operational expenses to marketing. Um, it's just, it doesn't align. So I need to make sure that what I'm saying aligns with them, with their persona, with their goals. Maybe it's their personal goals. Maybe I saw something on LinkedIn that they're really interested in. Any prior achievements that lead me to believe that this person is a doer and can get this done. You know, maybe on their LinkedIn, they said previously spearheaded like this initiative. You know, I don't, I don't care exactly what the initiative was, but I know that they were some sort of doer. And I really wanna honestly, my,
favorite thing is, is finding those quotes. If I could find the words of a prospect's mouth on paper, and if I could bring that to their attention and say, you said this, so here we are, <laughs> then that's yeah. number one. That's the best thing that I can find. But I, I look for the doers and I look for the people who are, um, you know, promoting what they're doing. And are they doing it? If not, then, you know, why haven't you? Did you just not find the right vendor? Uh, did you, did you, did budget move around? Is now the better time? You know, you, ha you said you wanted to do this back in 2020. Well, now it's 2022. So what's holding you back? So holding them accountable for sure. Like that. So starting off, you know, prepping the story. What's the story? What's the angle? What have you found? Okay, I found that this person said this. Now for me, what's really beautiful about my job and at live person is that I sell conversational AI. I sell messaging and automation on your website. So I can go through your customer experience. I can break your bot. That's what I call it. That's what we call it at live. When you go on a website, a conversation with the bot and the bot's like, eee, I don't know. We broke it. It's not a smart bot. So <laughs> I want to go through the customer journey and the experience because I want to understand what it's like to be a customer. And so when you go through that, that's typically my angle, right? You know, I, I had this experience and, um, you know, when I went to go ask for help, I noticed that your chat feature is only available from nine to five. So then I called and it was a seven minute wait time or something like that. You know, your, your chat doesn't have to be offline all the time. You could add some automation in there so that way it can help answer questions online. So I want to think of like what the hook is, what the pain is, and then affiliate that pain with who's the doer. So who's going to do something about this and what are the words that came out of their mouth that I could say, this led me to believe that you are the right person for me to reach out to about this pain that I've experienced. And now here's the solution. <laughs> Got it. So how does this, how do you orchestrate this in the video? How does this and feel free to provide some examples too. I know you probably yeah, can't mention more companies that you sent it sent them to necessarily, or maybe you can. I don't know. But yeah, feel free to get as specific as you'd like. How does this sound in a, like a video? How does that end up being executed? Okay, so it's got to be as close to ninety seconds as you can. It really has to be. It can't be too long. And I I have made that mistake, and I've gone three minutes, and I just bad melissa even if i was a newscast like a news story a package right a, a quick package is under two minutes reason being is because our attention span is so small it's funny because i would work all day long i would work you know seven hours filming recording editing writing for under two minutes for my my airtime and that's what this is like yeah yeah that's crazy <laughs> two minutes of airtime <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the same idea here, you know, their attention span is so small, and if you're just talking at yeah. it, they're not going to be entertained. In a newscast, you have B-roll. You know, you have the compelling story, the way that you're telling the story, your tonality. All of that really matters to create a compelling story. And so when it's when it's time, okay, so let's let's kind of go through this. We we research the story, we understand, we know who our audience is, we did all that. Okay, now let's start. We have to start with our lead sentence. And in journalism, right, the very first thing that come that comes out of your mouth needs to be a hook. 
it means to captivate the audience because they just finished watching a news story. They just finished watching a little package about, you know, the e about an Easter egg hunt coming up. You know, they just finished that. And now it's my turn to tell them about this bus crash that just happened. You know, it's, it's changing modes, you know, they're changing modes. And so you have to recaptivate them in every single package in every two minutes recaptivate. So your first sentence, your lead sentence needs to be that hook. So what is happening and why should we care? That's what every journalist does. The very first sentence is what is happening and why should we care? Jason, I was on your website earlier today and the bot completely crashed. It wasn't able to help me with my intent. You know, whatever that may be. Put the pain right up front in a nice-ish way. You know, you don't wanna call their baby ugly at all, at all. You know, you just wanna say, you know, I. this is what happened and this is why you should care about it. Something that it's kind of a punch in the gut, but not too hard. <laughs> it also depends on how you deliver it and um, all of that. And as you go in, it, it kind of flows a little bit better. So first sentence is, you know, what's happening and why they should care. Second, we go into the introduction. So why are you specifically reaching out to that person? Now we already did the research, right? We already found that they said this at, on this article, you know, or they said this on a post or you know whatever it may be they said something or something leads me to believe that this is the right person and i'll put that right up front and center you know like this this is what happened this is why you should care and i'm reaching out to you because you said in this article that this was your priority or you said this and i'll straight up quote it and i'll stick the quote up and i'm like you said this quote <laughs> so when you add the research part to it, it does help with your credibility. You know, it does help, you know, this person is, is really seeing this. And if you wanted to be more general and say, you know, the industry is experiencing this, if you wanted to bring in some industry knowledge instead of going for the gut in the first sentence, and if you wanted to say, you know, crypto communities are really struggling to manage uh, the amount of increase coming in after hours or something. You know, something general, you could start off with that. Whatever that storyline is, if you don't want to hit them right away, you can do that. Um, but I kind of go in a little tough. Uh, in a nice, again, in a nice way. That, that's a thing. And so once we go through that and we share, you know, exactly why I'm reaching out and I'll pull, I'll show it. Like, I want them to see the research. Then I'll go into, like, the, the main body. So how does this, what you're doing right now, impact what you're doing in either the short term or the long term so you know um, the reason so the way it goes is your your lead sentence why it's happening why they should care you know why it's you why i know that you're the right person who's going to fix this and if you keep doing it like this you're going to lose x amount of money you know if you don't if you keep not having any automation you're throwing money out the window or you know whatever it is, whatever you want to explain, um, but they have to make the change. So it goes into making the change, and then a conclusion, which is a quick sentence. You know, tell us what you do. I'm going to give them the solution. I pointed out their problem. I pointed out who needs to fix it. I said, why? If you don't fix this right now, this is what's going to happen. That that fear, right? And um, you know, glad you're watching this video because here's how I can help. And a quick, you know, the shortest amount on like how you can help. 
this is what we do and we've helped a brand very similar to yours do XYZ. And then maybe I'll have the GIF of the bot that I've built because we build out like bots that show conversations. It's, it's really cool. And I'll put the GIF up so they can see what it could look like with their logos, what their company looks like, their colors, like all that stuff. You know, if I'm going after the Home Depot, it's going to be orange and it's going to look cool and it's going to use their terminology. So I'll look up, you know, the product, see what it could ask, whatever it is, and I'll give them something that is almost so tangible. It looks so real, like they, they envision it. And then after that, it's a call to action. You know, what do I want them to do after this? And same thing with news reporting. The end, you had a call to action. What's your CTA at the end of every story? What do you want them to do, Melissa? I want them to head to my website. You know what? This time I want them to head to uh, this website for a children's org. Or, you know, my call to action for this newscast is going to be to go to, you know, this event on Thursday the 28th. Like, that's my CTA. Same exact thing. You end your story with the call to action. Love it. You know what's really interesting is I wonder if it would be a good idea to structure emails like this. Like, I never yeah. thought of structuring the email because a lot of times with email, it's you start with the personalization, right? I'm reaching out to you because I noticed this. I, will, I wonder, like with an email, if you just started out with, I was on your chat bot and it broke. Yeah, they read and it. I'm reaching out to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, they freaking read it, you know? This is brilliant. I love this. So lead sentence specific or industry type of problems that you mentioned. And by the way, your tone, so are you smiling a lot with this? Like what's the, can you give me kind of an idea of what the tone is? Cause you said be nice, but what does that kind of sound like? Just so people have a good idea. Cause I think some people are so serious sometimes when they, yeah. well, just in general, when they talk to prospects or just way too serious, but what does the tone sound like, feel like when you do it? So tone is really important. And mm -hmm. you know, it was really important in news reporting. You know, if I was talking about a school or, ooh, that's a terrible thing to talk about. If I was talking about a, a crash, right? I'm not gonna say, earlier today, there was a crash on I-4. Like, no that's, no, that's not exciting. That's terrible, that's really sad. So you have to have like that soft, somber sort of thing. Earlier today, there was a bus crash on I-4. And you'll notice that your, <laughs> that your <laughs> voice, I know it comes out, but your yeah. voice, whenever it's something a little bit tougher to hear or, you know, some, some tough stuff, um, yeah. your voice gets a little bit lower and it gets a little bit softer and you actually talk a little slower. And when you're really excited, which is, that's when I do the whole loop. So I start a little somber and a little serious in the fact of like, Hey, Jason, uh, Look, I was on your website and I noticed that your chat bot wasn't able to answer my inquiry of, you know, my address, whatever the problem is. And then as it goes, and so I'm reaching out to you and you start to kind of change your tone. It starts to go up, you know, it starts to go up. You start off a little bit somber and then by the end, you know, I'm high pit. I'm a little bit more high pitched. Maybe I'm talking a little bit faster and now I'm saying, you know, here at live person we can make it better and i'll go into the pitch and everything starts to change so you have to you can't just have this one monotone you're acting like let's be honest you're acting you can't have this whole monotone you know you're starting off with a pain so you know present it as a pain 
and you're starting to turn them around, right? You're giving them hope by the end of the story. So you wanna start a little bit tough and kind of slowly change your tone into something that's gonna make them feel like they can do this job and they can do it. This is awesome. We're, yeah. uh, we're about out of time, unfortunately, but I, <laughs> I got a lot of takeaways from this. I, uh, I think the, probably the biggest thing is I love the story prep. You mentioned some really specific things I think that are really good to take away. Hold them accountable to the yeah. things that they said. That's really, really cool. Um, you look for the doers, which is kind of, you know, everyone wants to sell to those people, but you actually, as you're researching an account, I mean, you mentioned something really specific, even on a LinkedIn profile that, hey, if they mentioned that they were, they led projects or change initiatives, mm -hmm. that's my guy or gal that I'm gonna be talking to, you know? Um, and I've talked to Brandon, you know, quite a bit too. And he echoed some of the same sort of stuff that you said around customer journey. It's like, hey, you want to understand the customer journey, like maybe even better than the prospect does, or at least the person that you're reaching out to. Yeah. Um, and then the whole structure, all that was really great. Um, before we take off, I just want to encourage, you know, for those listening, make sure to subscribe you know, to the podcast if you listen to it on Spotify, leave us a review. We'd love that. Uh, Apple Podcasts as well. But Melissa, um, where can people go to connect with you? Um, where do you want to send people? Where can people learn more about what you're doing at Live Person? What do you want to leave us with before you take off? Add me on LinkedIn. I have made so many friends on LinkedIn and like genuine connections of people all around the world. I never thought that you know, LinkedIn would be so fun, but I've made some really cool friends that have also helped me. So please connect with me. You know, I'll, I share content when I when I can, and I'm, I'm not maybe I'm not the content creator, but when I have something good, I, I post about it. And um, you know, ultimately, we're all happier when we help and when we work together. So feel free to reach out if you want to send any videos that you want me to review or need help with or anything like that. You know, let's talk. 